to the Cougar Tailgate, where BYU fandom lives. Here's your hosts, Jason Shepard and Lauren McClain. What is up, Cougar fans? Welcome back into the Cougar Tailgate. I'm Lauren McClain. As mentioned, it's been an insane week when it comes to BYU sports and honestly just sports all around the country, and not to mention... It was Thanksgiving on Thursday, Shep. What's yeah, up? Absolutely. Hello, Lauren. Jason Shepard uh, alongside once again. It uh, it has been a, well, it's been an interesting week, right? Because you had the holidays with Thanksgiving, as you mentioned, which, by the way, how was your Thanksgiving? Was it good? It, it was, listen, as mentioned last week, I don't love turkey. <laughs> it was just the first time it was just me, my husband, we had one friend come, and my son very strange, really. It had a really strange feel, very small, but I made roast mm. instead of turkey, okay. mashed potatoes and gravy, all the, the other Pilgrims stuff was would pretty. would thumbs up on that, but... Uh... <laughs> I don't think they'd care. <laughs> I don't think they'd care. No, but it was it was different, definitely, but it was good. How was yours? Um, it was good, and you would have loved my Thanksgiving because of the turkey aspect of it. Now, we had turkey, so we went to my mom's, and so... They they have a new smoker. Well, they, they've had it for a couple Ooh, months. Yes. But, so they were trying to do their very first ever smoked turkey. Now, I've never done that with my smoker, but I was excited. I'm like, oh, great. I, when they said we're, we're smoking the turkey, we got up at like five to do this. I'm like, oh, that sounds great. So we ate at two o'clock. Okay. They got up at like five to do this. We were eating at two. They said she gave us plenty of time. So we we were there. We're waiting. It's, you know, we're like an hour before. They're like, yeah, it, it looks like it's getting close. Half an hour before dinner, it still looks like it's getting close. <laughs> it's time to eat. It's, I don't think it's ready. So luckily we had all the other food. We had some ham, you know, all the other stuff. Yes. Tell me they forgot to turn it on. No, 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 no. The, the food was, the turkey was cooking, but it, it. Still was not to the temperature that is recommended before you eat it. So we were done with all of our food before the turkey was officially done. And then, then we got to the turkey, and I, I thought of you. I'm like, this would have been like a, a, tur- a like, Thanksgiving yes. that, that Lauren would have liked. The turkey was kind of like an afterthought because it uh, took a little bit longer to cook. But and it was delicious. everyone's full, and no one wants to eat the turkey after that anyway. Probably, Honestly, right? it was like you almost forced yourself to eat the turkey uh, but, uh, yeah, it was, it was good. It was, it was fun because I had the majority of the day to spend with my family. And then obviously BYU basketball had a game that night. Yes. So, so we had, we, we left and uh, dropped the family off at the house. And then I came in and had a, had a BYU basketball game to, uh, to talk about, which we will talk about later on in the show. Uh, but speaking of turkeys, uh, the college football playoff rankings <laughs> came out this week. Oh, many, many turkeys in that, uh, college football committee. And we're not not the only one saying it. Everybody is saying that, including this morning on College Game Day, Kirk Herbstreit and Reese Davis were going after the committee. In fact, Reese Davis said he defended BYU um, by not for not jumping on the chance to be a placeholder for Washington, and uh, he said it will be a complete injustice if BYU goes undefeated and doesn't make the playoff. Yeah, when the rankings came out on Tuesday night, I um, I had actually filled in on Sports Nation earlier that day, so it was it was Spencer Linton and myself, and um, we obviously had that discussion on where we thought BYU would be in. And I said, look, they're eighth in the AP poll, they're eighth in the coaches poll. I just can't imagine there's going to be such a difference between those two polls and what the first college football playoff rankings are. I said, because of that, I'll say maybe they come in at the worst 10. So that's what I had prepared myself for. Um, And when they came in at number 14, I could not believe it. To the point where... They, when when they were releasing the the rankings, they did them uh, five at a time. So they did twenty five through you know twenty. Right. When it got to the fifteen through ten, I almost didn't pay attention because I said, "What? Well, I don't need to pay attention yet because BYU is not going to be right. here." They'll be top and then 10. When I, and then when I saw them, I thought, "You've got to be kidding me!" Mm-mm. But what what was so interesting, and you brought this up when talking about Reese Davis. Very rarely, especially t- in today's society, do you have the majority of people agreeing on anything. And in the sports community, specifically in the college football community, 
it is universally agreed upon that BYU should be significantly higher than 14th. And I think that speaks volumes. It does. And they, they compare often Cincinnati and BYU because Cincinnati was ranked higher than BYU. For some reason, really, they are so similar in strength of schedule and, and where they where they fit in a lot of the different rankings that it just didn't make sense to rank BYU so low. And Reese Davis said the committee might reevaluate because of all the flack they are getting from national media and obviously people around the country. Well, and I hope that's the case because anybody that has watched BYU, and I, I mean really watched what they've done, not just looked at a box score, not just looked at who they're playing and dismissed it. If you've actually watched what this team has done, there's no way in the world that you can say that they're 14th. Yeah. This is a top 10, at the worst, a top 12 team. And that's really what you're, that's really what you're hoping for if you're BYU, because that, historically that has meant you have secured yourself a New Year's Six bowl invite. Right. Now, BYU, even if they stay at 14, certainly could still get an at-large. It's it just, you feel a lot more comfortable about getting that New Year's six-day bowl if you're top 12 or higher. If you're top 10, you're in. And I think BYU has done more than enough. Now, granted, you, st- you have one game on the schedule. You still got to beat San Diego State. Right, I right. don't think that's going to be a problem. But y- you still got to win out. Right. And I, I, I do believe they'll probably... Ex- Add another game. I don't know who. I don't know when. Uh, it just it just certainly feels like that's kind of uh, a need now. Yes. After getting the ranking, especially now, absolutely. Definitely. But right now, it's you know I just I just can't see this team staying at fourteen. Whether it's a whether it's a course correction, whether it's some of these other teams that lost uh, that are ahead of them, maybe BYU jumps up. I, I don't know how it plays out. But the fact that universally everybody is ripping the committee for where they put BYU, hopefully that bodes well for the Cougars. And I'm pretty sure it was Kirk Herbstreit that said, these guys claim that they've watched BYU, yeah. but have they actually right. watched BYU play if that's where they're putting them? And uh, College Game Day actually did a hypothetical lines <laughs> against top 13 in the in the playoff rankings for BYU. Alabama, here's just a couple, Alabama... Minus 17, Notre Dame minus 2. Uh, they have them beating Texas A&M 1, uh, Northwestern by 2. It's just, it's just interesting that these national media guys are taking so much time focusing on the injustice that has been done to BYU. And I, kind of like you said, BYU has done everything in their power that they could do possible during this strange 2020 season with COVID and everything being rescheduled. They've won almost every single game very handily. And that that's the only thing they can do at this point. And, and not to mention, Zach Wilson was interviewed by BYU Sports Nation this week. And he said, I haven't played one fourth quarter. <laughs> you know, basically the entire season, you can imagine if we had our starters and the entire game really what the difference in the scores would be too, you know? So these guys that are waking up the next morning and just looking at, you know, how much BYU beat the other team by, it would be significantly more if their starters were in. But luckily Kalani Satake is a really great guy and, you know, has great sportsmanship. So I just think BYU has done absolutely everything in their power. In fact, Tom Homo said that he (laughs) reached out to every single athletic director of the 13 teams ahead of them saying, let, hey, we're open to play. Do you guys want to play? You know, obviously the ones that had an opening, and they all declined. So they've done everything they can. Abs- they absolutely have. And you, to put it into perspective, Urban Meyer thinks BYU should be ranked higher. <laughs> and he hates BYU. Here's the deal. I very even rarely say his name. I view him as Voldemort. <laughs> I just don't say the name. <laughs> but the fact that Urban Meyer, number one, says BYU should be higher, and actually calls them BYU, lets you know where things... <laughs> I'm still laughing that you just, you just called him Voldemort. But, yeah, th- I think that says, that says all you need to know about where they are. And, you know, going back to what you said in terms of hopefully this is something that, um, that the committee can correct, I, I, I really hope that that's the case. Because, you know, I, I think there was a... We all made it... 
when the rankings came out Tuesday, it, it felt like, oh my gosh, this is where BYU is going to be and that they're locked into this. These rankings are going to be updated on Tuesday. Every Tuesday is when these rankings come out. So there are opportunities for BYU to move up. Now, on the other side of things, if the committee wishes, there's obviously a chance BYU could move down. And who wouldn't put it past them at this point? I would certainly hope that with this much focus being on one team, that the committee doesn't dig in their heels to prove they're right, that they actually look at it constructively and say, you know what, let's rethink this. Because the, the guy that came out who was the chairman of this and, and came out as the spokesperson, um, the guy from, uh, from Iowa, and he, his, his explanation as to why he mentioned the strength of schedule, says the strength of schedule was not great and their best win was against Boise, but they were playing their fourth string quarterback, which yeah. is just ridiculous. That, that, that has absolutely nothing to do with their defense giving up 51 points. But anyway... He he also like mentioned. Kalani said that. Didn't yeah, he? Didn't exactly. He say, I, I, he last says, time I checked, a quarterback doesn't play defense. Deep, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. But he had mentioned, you know, the fact that that um, that Cincinnati, the reason they're so far ahead of BYU is because they're top twenty in both offense and defense. Awesome, good for the Bearcats. BYU's top ten in both. Okay, yeah. so they're even better than that. And we're not saying that BYU should be ahead of Cincinnati. That's not what this argument's about. The argument is that there's not a seven spot difference between Cincinnati and BYU. Yet, all of the rationale can be picked apart, and, and it really boils down to the fact they just weren't paying attention to BYU. It's and, really what it boils down to. And you got to love when Kalani went on ESPN this week and, and said— How fired up was he? That oh, was awesome, wasn't it? So It was a controlled fire, which is even scarier. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was, it was fantastic. And he said— we're rooting for Cincinnati. You know, he's, he basically said, what well, you just said, this has nothing to do with Cincinnati per se. We want them to do well and and give giving them all the props possible. It's just like, it's this is about us. This is about us and where we belong to be. And and, and uh, they're, they're just not where they should be, well, in my opinion. Well, and BYU still has the next two weeks without, well, that's not, that's not true. Not the next two weeks. They have one more week and... Then they have the game on the 12th against San Diego State. Now, earlier in the year, I I thought that playing on the 19th of December was probably not going to happen. I just didn't see it. Now, I think that the likelihood is certainly higher than what I thought. Mm -hmm. So right now you have the 5th of December, and then you have the 19th if you want to play a game after playing San Diego State on the 12th. Those are the two games, um, or excuse me, the two dates where you could possibly have games coming in. I'm really curious where BYU goes to try and find a game. Uh-huh. Because but they not, need one. Not only are you trying to find teams that will certainly help your profile, the, the other issue you're dealing with beyond just getting these teams to agree to play out of conference is the further we get into the season, the more and more games are getting canceled because of COVID. Right. As a matter of fact... There, you know, you had you've had multiple games today. Boise State, their game today, it was let's see, San Jose State. They were playing. Mm-hmm. That game's been canceled because of issues with COVID with with the Broncos. So, I mean, that's the other issue. More and more teams are unavailable, and it's not just okay. Well, they missed that game. Then it's the protocols yes. that they have to follow, which could then keep them out of the following week. And that's what you're dealing with with Cincinnati. There was an opportunity, I, I would imagine, at least because the, they had two open dates on the 5th, where maybe BYU and Cincinnati could potentially have a game. Now, I don't think Cincinnati wants any part of that, especially where they came in. <laughs> right. You know, oh, yeah, in, they're in number happy seven, with they, where they're they, at. They don't want to mess with it. Yeah, they don't want to touch that. But because their, their game this week was, was postponed because of COVID, next week's game, their availability is now gone because they'll still be in their in their no COVID protocol. protocol. So they can't schedule a game then. So that's the other thing BYU's dealing with, not only trying to find a team that has an open date, but that's allowed to play because of COVID. It's so convoluted this this year with everything that's going on with the COVID protocol. Really fast, uh, Paul Charrington tweeted this out, which I like. It's a guide for who BYU should BYU fans should root for uh, today in college football. Texas Tech over Oklahoma State. Maryland over Indiana, Kentucky over Florida, Clemson over Pitt, Michigan State over Northwestern, Bama over Auburn, Boise, uh, that one's obviously been canceled, LSU, uh, 
UW to lose <laughs> Navy <laughs> over Memphis and San Diego State over Colorado. So those are some games for BYU fans to look for in hopes of boosting BYU's strength of schedule or knocking out teams gonna, close does, to them. Does BYU really want UW to lose today? I mean, they I are know. playing Utah. So <laughs> that's a great point. I'm I pretty sure. I'm yeah. pretty sure BYU would be rooting for Utah who, today. Who do, who do BYU fans dislike more today? Washington or Utah? I, that is a toss. See, I don't think that that had anything to do with U Dub. Yeah, I think that was a Pac-12 thing. Yeah, I think the Pac-12 is the one that nixed that. I don't think that had anything to do with the teams involved. Yeah, I think, I you're think right. that was a conference issue. I think you're right. All right, when we come back, we'll um, switch things up, talk a little BYU basketball. BYU basketball back, looking pretty good. Two and O, looking to go three and O tonight against UVU. We'll talk about that when we come back. This is Cougar Tailgate. Cougar Tailgate. My name is Jason Shepard. And I'm Lauren McLean. College basketball is back underway across the country. And while most folks at home were enjoying a post-turkey nap, me included, BYU basketball was taking the court for the second time in as many days. And after taking Black Friday off, they're back at it tonight. Yeah, the uh, Cougars 2-0 and win on uh, Wednesday night over Westminster. And then Thanksgiving night... The uh, the nice victory over New Orleans and this team two and zero as we expected them to be as you mentioned uh, back in action tonight hosting Utah Valley we'll we'll look ahead to that game coming up in just a second what's been your impressions of uh, of this BYU basketball team I mean right out of the gate they tie a program record eighteen threes in a game that's not a bad way to tip off your season right no that's that's absolutely incredible and did you think that BYU was going to be shooting that many threes after last year. Because last year they they lived and died by the three, right? Well, and that's what, I didn't know it was going to be with the size that they yes. have this year. That's what was surprising to me is how many threes they were shooting. Yeah, because they were so guard oriented with with the talent that they had, and that really fit into what they did last year. So yeah, I mean, I certainly expected them to continue to shoot threes and take take a lot of threes. I don't know if I expected that amount. Yeah, and look, I mean, that's the way that the the game is going. We've seen it in the NBA. It's starting to filter its way down into the college game. That That's just what basketball is nowadays. It's more three-point shots. I Whether mean, the, you're 6'2 or 7'2, you've got to be able to shoot the three. And, and BYU has guys that are big and can shoot the three. I mean, that's just the way the game is going. And I mean, you've got a guy in Wyatt Lowell who now he hasn't played a ton of minutes. They've been working him back. He's he's coming back from from an injury. Luckily, he's healthy. You know, he's one hundred percent. But they, conditioning wise, they're, right. they're bringing him in a little slowly. But I mean, this is a guy that's six ten and can play the two if you need him to. Yeah, could be a shooting guard. <laughs> you know what I mean? Can play the can play the two, three, four, or five position. That's what basketball is, and BYU has multiple guys that are interchangeable at any of the – can play two or three positions, sometimes three or four positions. Including Caleb Lohner, who we had yeah. on the show uh, – was it last week or a couple weeks ago? I can't remember, but he was super fun to watch. Yeah. And, man, I couldn't take my eyes off his hair. <laughs> well, and – Great hair. You know, the – speaking of Caleb Lohner, his minutes may go up, unfortunately, with with the injury – to Gavin Baxter. We still don't know yeah. at this point the severity of what happened to Gavin. Uh, it was in the first half of the New Orleans game. Uh, went down. It was holding his knee. I want to say it was his right knee, if memory serves. Uh, still have not heard anything uh, in terms of an official diagnosis. We Hopefully we'll know something by the time uh, I start pregame tonight, which, by the way, uh, at 6 o'clock Mountain Time, um, the game will tip off at seven o'clock Mountain, but yeah, I mean Caleb Lohner may be getting some some more minutes. And look, we haven't even talked about the fact that through the first two games, we haven't even we haven't even seen BYU's biggest, both literally and figuratively, Matt Harms. Matt Harms. 
their biggest addition hasn't even played this thus far. I know he was uh, listed as a as a game time decision for New Orleans. I think it's the exact same thing for tonight. So you know we still haven't even seen him, and he's another guy. It's seven three yes. that can go out and actually shoot from the perimeter. Yeah, and he's overcoming an ankle mm-hmm. injury that he previously had. I am so excited to see what that guy can do. I think it'll be fun when. That's what's so a shame about Gavin Baxter. I hope this is not a season ending injury because. He, he he didn't get to play very much last year because of an injury as well. It's so interesting how there are some players that just seem to consistently get hurt. They just cannot stay healthy, and and that's just a shame for him because he's a very talented player that will definitely help BYU this year. And if you've watched Gonzaga play these first two games, my goodness, They're they pretty are good. they are somewhat. Good, I would say. No, they are phenomenal. They beat Kansas and then and then Auburn and then Auburn two and zero. Yeah, I mean they're the significantly. One. And so BYU needs they need they need everybody healthy that they can get. Yeah, and this is this is a team that through two games has has had a lot of different guys step up. First and foremost, Alex Barcelo, now a senior. Yes. This is a guy that leads the team in scoring. He's averaging 22 points per game through the first two games and really just looks extremely confident shooting the basketball. He he knows this offense. This is year two for him. Brandon Averett, one of the, the new guys, uh, former Utah Valley University Wolverine. Um, we'll, we'll get into you know a lot of the similarities between these two teams coming up in a, in a little bit, but... I, that backcourt of Brandon Averett and then Alex Barcelo has has been really potent through two games, and I think it's only going to get better. Alex Barcelo was a guy last year, I feel like we just kind of saw the tip of the iceberg of how good he was going to be and how much he was going to contribute uh, to BYU, and, and obviously we're seeing it in the first two games so far, you know, the leading score in both of those games. And he's tricky, man. He... He's got some skills and some moves, and and I I love watching him. He's well, awesome. Barcelo right now is shooting over sixty seven percent from both the field and three. That's unreal. <laughs> can he keep that up? I don't, uh, well, not I don't know if he can I, look, keep that up. If he can keep that up, I mean, it's going to shatter records. So I, I would say it's, <laughs> he's probably not going to keep up shooting over sixty for sixty seven percent for an entire season. But I think it just goes to show you what is what he's capable of, and. Last year, there were so many other options around him that I, I don't know if he felt like he needed to score as much. Right. And, and, and now, really, he didn't. He, he didn't. He, he was able to help facilitate other guys, whether it was Toulson or TJ Hawes or Yoli, Yoli when Yoli yep. came back. But now, you know, he is he's a, he's a team captain. He's the leading scorer. This is a guy that is in position to really lead this team down the road that they want to go to, and that's to the NCAA tournament and then see what happens. He's He has played phenomenally well over the first two games. I would love to hear the pep talk that Mark Pope gave him before the beginning <laughs> of the season that made him play the way he is, because I'm sure he's requiring a lot from him this year. Because Mark Pope, I, I know, so Yoli Childs practiced with this team during the summer, and he's, he said to uh, Spencer Linton, this team is better than last year, which was an incredible compliment and something, you know, incredible to say, seeing how good BYU was last year. But I think for everybody else, it, there was a big question mark, and uh, maybe for Mark Pope as well. And he needed Alex Barcelo to to really step it up, and and I'm just excited to see what else this team can do. And and in two twenty in true twenty twenty fashion, you know, hardly any fans mm-hmm. uh, in the arena. Yeah, just and family and just really just close family. family and friends. Yes. Well, I and, guess not friends, just family. Sorry. Yeah. And so the BYU's uh, marketing department, athletic marketing department, made kind of an NBA bubble like atmosphere that actually looks really cool. I was very impressed just watching it on TV, how similar it was. And, and it just it, it created a good feel. I'm sure the players appreciated it as well. Absolutely. It was it was actually really impressive what they were able to put together in a short amount of time. And you compared it to an NBA bubble. For anybody that watched the the NBA bubble and the and the postseason, very, very similar to the setup in terms of the way that the court is set up, and then you have the the video monitors in the background that have fans, the virtual fans, and you you know you have that lower signage, and really, I I I think that having 
even just a, a handful of people in the crowd, it makes the world of difference. It, it really is amazing how much noise and atmosphere just a couple of fans in the stands can actually help. It, it's pretty amazing the atmosphere that they've had. Now, I haven't been in there for an actual game because during the game, while I'm doing my pre-half and post, I'm over here at BYU Radio, so I'm, I'm in over here in the booth, but I was talking with, uh, with Spencer Linton, who does the sidelines, and obviously things are different. You're not allowed on the, on the floor uh, as a sideline reporter. Uh, so he's up in the stands. They have the first five rows blocked off. Yeah. Uh, they have like tarps, which has uh, sponsorship signage on them. But he basically just kind of sits in the stands and then can inch it his way closer really during timeouts. Too. So it's it's a different feel. But yet I've heard the players and coaches talk about that the atmosphere has actually been really good. I'm glad. I'm glad to hear that. And like we said, they play UVU tonight, which is always an interesting matchup because they are there are. You know, a lot of intertwining in coaching staff and players. And, and Shep, what do you expect from that game tonight? I think it's going to be BYU's toughest test out of the three. I think this is the most complete team that BYU will face in this first week. BYU obviously dominated uh, against Westminster the first night. The Cougars end up winning by 25 on on Thursday. So, I, But I think this is going to be... A, a team that will now I cert, BYU absolutely BYU will, should win the game, but this this will be the most complete team that uh, that the Cougars have faced this week. UVU's coming off of a a one hundred to seventy five win on Thursday morning um, against Adam State, and they had three players score at least twenty two points. So uh, and they have a big guy that had twenty four and eighteen. So this it'll be a different challenge, but the way BYU's team is set up, I I, I just I don't worry about the opponent and what they can bring because I think BYU with this roster and the depth, they can adjust to whatever the opposition does. They can go big, they can go small. Oh, yeah. I think that's the benefit of this roster. And I think to go to a point that you were talking about in terms of you know Yoli saying this may be a better team, I, I think that that speaks to that because of the flexibility that they have. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, they they kind of relied heavily on their best players last year. Didn't have nearly as much depth as they do this season. So I, I'm excited to see what BYU can do against UVU tonight. Like you said, their their biggest test so far. And they're rolling, man. It, what was interesting when I was watching them is I feel like previously you're, you're always a little bit worried about different aspects. You know, you're never really comfortable when watching a game. I don't know if you felt like this, but in these first two games, and again, BYU was heavily favored to win, and that's probably why despite you know, except for some turnovers, some really stupid turnovers against New Orleans, they need to take care of the ball a little bit better. There was not one time where I had that uneasy feeling. I just felt very comfortable watching this team because they just seemed so confident and so in control. And I love Mark Pope as the head coach and, and what he's done with the program so far. And got a contract extension this yes, week. Yes, congrats, extra, Mark. Yeah, and uh, th- I believe it through the 26-27 season and also announced um, that he's deferring some of the the new money to towards the back end of the contract to, to try and alleviate some of the financial issues that the mm-hmm. athletic department is going through right now. So first of all, congratulations to Co- Coach Pope on getting the extension, but also uh, pretty cool that he was willing to move some of that money to towards the end of the contract in order to help out the athletic department. Um, you mentioned a lot of the, the intertwining of these two programs with Coach Pope. Obviously, being the head coach at UVU prior to, Mark Madsen, who's now the head coach, interviewed for the BYU job. <laughs> and you have three former Wolverines on BYU's roster in, in Wyatt Lowell, Richard Harward, Brandon Averett. You have two former Cougars on the Wolverines roster in Blaze Neald and Colby Lafson. So it's just, you know, and they're four <laughs> miles apart. It's just kind of a, it's a very it's unique a big series. Family reunion. Yeah, it's is just what a it is. very unique series, which BYU leads, by the way, three to one. Yes. So this will be the fifth meeting between these two teams. The Cougars have won three out of the previous four. Yeah, the Cougars have been dominating. It'll be excited to see what they can do tonight. And speaking of domination, if any of you saw what former Cougars did in the NFL, Last week, 
you're going to be a very happy, happy camper. And they are all going to be playing tomorrow on Sunday as well. We're going to tell you coming up next what to watch for with Cougars in the NFL. This is Cougar Tailgate. Snap forward on a three-step. Loads up. Hit from Oh, man, what a sack. Sione Takitaki launching himself. And Corbin Kafusi there to finish him off. Wow, there are sacks, Mark. And that is what Sione Takitaki just did. They give to Jamal. Middle and all the way into the end zone. It's a touchdown run of 14 yards. And with that, Jamal Williams becomes BYU's single-game all-time rushing leader. Takes off to the far side, does Hill. First down and more. 35-30. Turns the corner down the sideline. There he goes! Touchdown, Taysom Hill! Welcome back to the Cougar Tailgate. I'm Lauren McLean. And I'm Jason Shepard, hearing from the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. They're calling some plays of former Cougars who are now in the National Football League, and uh, a lot of Cougars in action this weekend. Uh, I don't believe that there were any former Cougars that uh, participated in the Thursday games. You had the Texans winning at Detroit, 41-25, to and then the Washington football team winning in Dallas, 41-16. to A uh, former foe of BYU, Alex Smith, yes. who... Oh, love that story. It, it is a great story. It's an incredible you, story. I'm so happy for him. To... to Honestly, almost dying after yes. having, a, having an infection in, mm-hmm. in the leg to now, I think I think the, the win over Dallas was his third straight start, if memory serves. So it's just remarkable that he's even in the game, let alone actually you know performing at a high level right now. Yes, and winning games. So my brother-in-law, Colt Sampson, played football for the University of Utah. And uh, yeah, he was a tight end, and he talks about Alex Smith just being just a wonderful guy too just a for for how you know highly recruited he was coming into college and then um how good he was heading into the NFL he just was a humble really good guy which makes you want to root for someone even more when you hear stuff like that and uh so I I'm really happy for that guy such an incredible story yeah there were a lot of uh, former cougars making big plays last weekend uh just a couple uh to to mention you had Sione Taki Taki which turned out to be a massive touchdown and Cleveland absolutely needed it in order to beat the Philadelphia Eagles you had Sione Taki Taki with a pick six uh, unfortunately he was put on the covid reserve list this week so I don't believe uh, that he's going to have the opportunity to play tomorrow. You also had Daniel Sorensen and my Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, <laughs> Daniel Sorensen with the, uh, essentially it ended the game against the Raiders with an, with an interception that sealed the deal for the Chiefs in Las Vegas against the Raiders. Speaking of the Chiefs, uh, and, you know, Let's be honest, I, I, I kind of want to lead with this. <laughs> I mean, it is the biggest game of the weekend. You have uh-huh. the Chiefs and the Buccaneers. And the Tampa Bay Yeah, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It was, I, I was a little torn this past weekend when, when Tampa Bay lost to the Rams. I'm like, oh, no. Now we're going to anger Tom Brady. And guess who he's playing next? My Chiefs. And we have to go to Tampa Bay. But, look, uh, I'm holding out hope my 9-1 Chiefs and Daniel Sorensen can get the job done. Uh, at the Buccaneers. They're certainly the better team right now. Uh, hopefully that translates into a win. But uh, Daniel Sorensen really is one of those good stories that uh, that just a guy that goes in, does his job, he's not flashy, but more times than not, he makes plays that help you win a game. Yeah, speaking of humble, good guys yeah. that are doing well in the NFL, I feel like that defines Daniel Sorensen. He is so unassuming. You talk to that guy in person, you're like, you don't play in the NFL. Yeah. You're not a football player. I mean, besides his physique, he's obviously a big dude, but he's a, a balding white guy, and he just, <laughs> you know, just normally he's got a great, cute little family yeah. and just a humble guy. So it's so And they fun. just had a new baby. Oh, did they? Th- within the last week. Congrats. Yes. Congrats, yes. Danny. Uh, other Cougars in the NFL this weekend, you have Michael Davis and the Los Angeles Chargers at the Buffalo Bills. Uh, we mentioned 
that uh, Sione Taki Taki probably not going to get to play with the Browns. Cleveland at Jacksonville uh, this week. Uh, Kyle Van Oy and the Miami Dolphins. Now, they are coming off of a loss uh, last weekend in Denver. Uh, but uh, they're on the road in New York taking on the Jets. So you would f- and Harvey Longy. Yeah, and Harvey Longy. So you have Kyle Van Oy versus Harvey Longy. I would certainly expect KVN to be uh, the one that ends that game feeling pretty good. The Jets just are really not good at 0-10. They are not good. <laughs> they are not. Speaking of, I mentioned that, uh, that the Dolphins lost to the Broncos last week. How about your boy Taysom Hill at Denver this weekend coming off his very first start and his very first victory over the Atlanta Falcons? Can we say this yet again in this segment? Speaking of guys that are great guys with a really good story, Taysom Hill. Oh my goodness. I was I was holding my breath that entire game last week watching him just wanting him to do well so bad. And uh, it took him a minute. It took him a minute to get his feet under him, but he did He did really well for your first start only having, what was it, 20 completions, something like that, before right. his very first start in the NFL. Absolutely crazy. So, yeah, he, he gets the his second start ever versus the Broncos, and they're coming off a big win. So yeah. this will be a fun test. Yeah, this will be a fun one. Obviously, it gets a little bit closer to home in, in Denver. But yeah, this is. I, I was really impressed with what I saw from Taysom because there were a lot of people that were still questioning the move by Sean Payton to start him over Jameis Winston. And, and I thought to myself, okay, I mean, like, you're certainly, um, look, we're going to be biased because we like Taysom. And we saw Taysom, we know what Taysom's capable of. So, I mean, look, we're not pretending that we're impartial on this. We, we want Taysom to do well. But I, I kept thinking to myself, so. You don't think that the head coach, who happens to be an offensive genius, you don't think that since he sees this team every day that he's not going to go with the guy he thinks gives him the best chance to win? You don't think he, of all people, is going to know if Taysom can handle it or not? Come on. If he says Taysom's the starting quarterback, it's probably based on some pretty good knowledge of how things work. You he's, know what I'm talking about? He's not just going to say, what, this is a great guy. Let's give him yeah, a shot. He's like, His, hey, let's just let's, let's just throw him a bone here. Let's gamble our really good record and uh, just, yeah, this guy's 30. I mean, he needs a shot. No. Yes, I totally agree with you. It's like, come on, people. You you don't know better. You're not with this team day in and day out. and. And I can you can understand that you can understand just looking purely at at statistics and um, they've only seen him be the the Swiss Army knife. Right. They've never seen him play quarterback, and Jameis Winston has has done a decent job. So you understand, and and there were a lot of fans clamoring for Jameis Winston to be the starter as well. But Taysom Hill is just a pure athlete. Like you said, we've seen him play for years now. We know what he's capable of. And he's Captain America. He can do anything, <laughs> and and I, I was so happy for him. Elsewhere in the NFL, you have the San Francisco 49ers at the L.A. Rams. So Fred Warner Freddy. and the Niners in Los Angeles at the brand-new SoFi Stadium, which every time I tune into a game that's being played there, it's just it's unbelievably awesome. Uh, next time, I, I can't wait for whenever it is. I don't know the next time I'll be on a plane flying to Los Angeles, but... <laughs> Like it's right in the flight path, landing at LAX, and I'm so excited to fly over and just see what that looks like from like an aerial view of it. Uh, but yeah, San Francisco 49ers, Fred Warner, who honestly, and we're not just saying this because we're you know BYU centric, one of the best linebackers in in the NFL. I think this is a guy that's that's earned himself a Pro Bowl spot. I think he's playing that well this year. Aaron Rodgers said that to him yes, after ab- the game. You are the best linebacker in the NFL. Absolutely. So, and speaking of Aaron Rodgers, uh, the Green Bay Packers alongside Jamal J. Swag Daddy Williams. Packers hosting the Chicago Bears. Uh, and uh, and that's that's kind of your Cougars in the NFL. Uh, the, uh, the former Cougars that will be in action this weekend in the National Football League. It's so fun to look at what these guys are doing in the NFL at a national level and and they're they're like some of the best on their team. These aren't just guys on the roster that see some, you know, plays on the field here here right. and there. These guys are are starters making a huge impact for their teams and it's fun to remember the old BYU days when they were here getting to interview them and play stupid games on our web chat <laughs> chef and sometimes I think of those and I'm like that that's just crazy. That's just it's just crazy. Especially a guy like Taysom Hill who's getting so much yeah. national prominence right now. It's just it's fun to see. Well, and 
there was a there was a dry spell where BYU wasn't putting players in the NFL. And now not only are they putting players in the NFL, but to your point, they're having they're making significant impressions with their teams. And I, I think that's only going to continue because if you look at the way that just the 2020 BYU football roster is constructed, I think at minimum you have five NFL players on it. At minimum. Yeah. And so I, I think the fact that guys like Zach Wilson and Kyrus Tonga and James Impey and Brady Christensen, I mean, yeah. it, you know, and that I just mentioned four right off the top of my It'll head. It'll be fun getting some old linemen in there. Ab- absolutely. It's, these are guys that are going to be high draft picks, and teams are going are gonna to rely on those picks uh, to be part of their building blocks for the future. So it's good to see that BYU once again – has the talent in the program that can translate to the next level. You know who's feeling pretty good about himself right about now? Bronco Mendenhall. All these guys are Bronco Mendenhall guys. A lot of them, yeah. That are in the NFL right now. So it'll be fun to see Kalani's guys start to transfer yep. and and see what they can do at the next level as well. And that, that could help with recruiting. I guarantee Bronco Mendenhall still uses guys like Taysom Hill and, and Daniel Sorensen and, you know, uh, Jamal Williams, when he's recruiting, you know, Why and his you? and his his entire staff were, was the former staff here at BYU, and so he's he's floating high right now. He's he's loving life when it comes to recruiting. Like, hey, I I was did a had a big hand in in creating these guys and making them who they are. You know, you could be this way. So I'm excited to see uh, when Kalani has some guys in the NFL as well that that he can talk about to recruits. All right, we're going to go back to talk a little bit of basketball when we come back. BYU women's basketball off to a fantastic start, an impressive season opening win. We'll let you know who they beat and and which player came back with a vengeance in the first game. Plus, congratulations going out to a couple of former BYU basketball players now in the NBA. We'll fill you in on that on Cougar Tailgate. everybody to the Cougar Tailgate. My name is Jason Shepard. And I'm Lauren McLean. We got a bit of some breaking news. Mm. Uh, BYU is playing Washington. What? Tonight. What? In women's basketball. Oh, I see what you did there. <laughs> Which isn't insignificant because women's basketball beat LSU last night 67-51, to including a 30-point performance by Shaley Gonzalez, who is coming back from an ACL injury. Yeah, she... Uh, the bionic she, woman. She was fantastic last night. Former uh, freshman, WCC Player of the Year, and had to sit out last year after the ACL. I know that was devastating for her, but uh, I, Jeff Judkins had his uh, weekly Zoom press conference this week and was talking with the media and obviously he's thrilled to have Shaley back and what she means but this team in general Juddy said it's probably the deepest team he's had in a really really long time one of the deepest he's ever had and really likes the prospects of what this team can do and this was going to be a really big test for them right out of the gate to play LSU the first night and then back to back you're playing then a Pac-12 team in Washington as you mentioned tonight and the fact that they came out and played as well as they did last night, not just from the offensive side, but the way they played defensively, that, that's a really nice win for Jeff Judkins and BYU men's basketball right out of the gate. And you have uh, Shaley's vlogging buddy, Paisley. <laughs> it's not, it's uh, Paisley Harding now. Yes, yes. Congratulations. And we did ask her on that, by the way. And her jersey is Harding on the back. She says, hey. if you, if you want to say Johnson Harding, you can, but it's going to be Paisley Harding on the jersey. Well, bless her. Because sometimes it's really hard to continuously say those hyphenated names over and over again. And it has to be really difficult for Juddy because Juddy, <laughs> Juddy is not the best with names. And, and this is by his own ad- admission. Yeah, that yeah, yeah. He's just he, not great with names. <laughs> so the fact that his players get married and their names change, that, I feel uh, bad for Jetty. Oh, I'm sure he just calls them by their previous names. Or nicknames or whatever or nicknames, he wants to come yes. up with. <laughs> we love Jetty. He's my Jetty buddy. Oh, he's the best. He uh, So Paisley had 13 points. <laughs> Speaking of Jetty, he said, I remember him saying uh, a handful of years ago that, and this is not an announcement that he's retiring by any means, but he said he will not retire until that freshman class becomes seniors. And it was Shaley Gonzalez's class. 
because he was so excited to see he 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 was so excited about the talent that he was bringing in and he kept saying this is going to be one of the best teams that I have ever coached. And so here it is coming to fruition. We'll see what they can do the rest of the season, but that was definitely a good start. Yes. Against LSU whether you're ranked or not. Yeah. It's LSU and Washington again whether they're ranked or not. It's Washington. So they're starting off with a strong schedule. Yeah, Here we go. Let's that, go. That's what you want to do. Right out of the gate, test yourself. See where you stand, and at least through the first game, BYU women's basketball looking pretty good. Uh, so we mentioned that there were a couple of former Cougars, uh, Cougar basketball players, who are now in the NBA. And we'll start with Yoli Childs. Yoli didn't get drafted, and I, I think there were a lot of us that thought maybe towards the end of the second round he may get drafted, ultimately went undrafted, and then it took a couple of days for him to decide where he was going to sign, because there were a lot of, uh, our understanding, at least based off of uh, reports on social media, was there were about four or five teams after the draft was over that were interested in signing Yoli, so it took him a couple of days to kind of weed through there and look at rosters and see where the best fit was. Ultimately, he decided to sign with the Washington Wizards. Yes, and and then you have Jake Toulson, who signed with the Utah Jazz, Yeah, which was kind of a a surprising move. Shep, explain what you were explaining to me, what type of contract that uh, Jake Toulson has with the Jazz. Yeah, so before we get to that, we still don't, at least I have not seen the type of contract that Yoli Childs has signed. I, I don't know if it's a... If it's a straight free agent contract, I haven't seen if it's a two-way contract that will allow him to be able to go back and forth uh, pretty consistently between the G League and then the, the Wizards, or if it's an Exhibit 10 contract, which is what Jake Toulson signed with the Utah Jazz. And if I'm understanding what an Exhibit 10 contract is, it, it's this. So you sign an Exhibit 10 contract, which basically means... You're signing for the veterans minimum, but what you're what you're signing up to do is essentially a training camp invite to see if you can make the NBA club. So your your original contract you sign is veterans minimum. That would then kick in if the Jazz decide to put him on the roster. If they decide to waive him and put him in the G League, with the Salt Lake City Stars, I believe that contract then reverts to a G League contract, but the benefit would be an Exhibit 10 also comes with a guaranteed bonus of up to $50,000. So if yeah. he doesn't get the veteran minimum, he gets the up to $50,000 guaranteed bonus plus whatever the G League contract is. Okay. So if I'm understanding it correctly, I think that's correct. Um, if I think that's what he signed. Obviously, the hope is that he gets into training camp and he shoots the, the lights out because he's a sharpshooter. We all saw that at BYU. And, you know, the Jazz do have an open spot. They made a, made a trade yesterday sending Rajon Tucker and a second-round pick to the Cavs. So that, that made the Jazz roster at 14. So it does give them an open roster spot because you can have 15 active players. So, I mean, we'll see. I, I, it would be awesome to have a guy like that on, on the roster. But the good news is, is that regardless, he's going to be paid to play basketball. Yes. And I'm sure he's extremely happy about that. And he's a great size. He has a good bigger size. Guard. Yeah, he's a bigger guard. I think he's he's six five and a versatile guy and, and so we'll see what he can do. I'm I'm really excited for Yoli. He's I didn't expect him to get drafted, honestly. I, I didn't. Um but I think he can make an impact in the NBA and on a team. He's he's a very talented guy. And I didn't expect him to get drafted just because he kinda flies under the radar. I I don't know. He's He's not. Uh, he's just not someone you think of when you think of some of the biggest draft picks. So, I'm excited to see what what Yoli can do. I feel like it's time for BYU to have a guy in the NBA, and that's a little harder than the NFL because obviously right. there's in the NFL there's there's a lot more players. Yeah, that fewer, get a, you have fewer that get roster play. spots. Yes, if you way fewer roster spots. There's different like body shapes and sizes and everything that goes into the NFL, which I love. NBA is is a lot more specific at what they're looking for. Really 
a lot harder to fit that mold. So, But it'd be really nice to, to have a guy in the NBA that's a BYU guy and see what he could do. Yeah, for Yoli, his length, I think, is going to help him. His ability to rebound is going to help him. Because when you're transitioning from college basketball to the, to the NBA, it's, it's different than the, than the NFL. If you have one skill that translates to the NBA game, you can earn a roster spot off of that. If, if you come in and you are an NBA rebounder, yeah. th- there's, there's a spot for you on a roster if, if that's all you can do. If you can come in and get this team, get a team rebounds, and which ultimately end up turning into more possessions and then more points, that that's something that can put you on the roster for just one skill. He can certainly do that. But I know he spent a lot of time in the off season and even a lot of time prior to coming back for his senior season, trying to stretch out his shot. And because that's one of the things that the NBA scouts were telling him was. We know what you can do around the basket. We know you can score. What we need to see is that you can be one of those bigs that can shoot from the perimeter because that's something that was lacking earlier in his career. And I think he improved on that last year, and I think he continued to try and work on that in the offseason. So if he can do that and then add that as an NBA skill, I think he has a pretty good shot at making a roster. And he obviously picked Washington for a reason. Right. I mean, he had he had his choice of a couple of different places. I wish I knew what they were. I am curious to know if the Jazz <laughs> were interested in him at all. But I, I'm curious to know who else. But he obviously picked Washington for a reason. He 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 has to think that that for 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 whatever he saw that that's a a place that he has a chance to earn a spot at. You mentioned that you can have a specific skill and come into the NBA with it. The first guy I thought of was Kyle Korver. Mm-hmm. Think, look at how many teams he's jumped around. And that stinks. That's not ideal to continue to jump around teams your entire career. But he's made a lot of money shooting threes. Yeah. That's basically all he does. He, I, I was hoping Jimmer Fredette could come in and kind of be a guy like that for a bunch of teams. That didn't really pan out for him. But he's doing great in China. Shout out to Jimmer. But... But always a shout out to Jimmer. Always, Jimmer has the the constant shout out. We should just end the show every every show. She just shout out to Jimmer. I like that. We I could think, just turn I, that into a thing. I think we should do it. But yeah, so hopefully Yoli, like you said, can can kind of hone in whatever his niche thing is going to be in the NBA and make it happen. All right, uh, before we wrap things up, uh, if you will uh, indulge me to promote uh, pregame tonight, I will indulge. Please, thank you. Uh, Cougar pregame live tonight at six o'clock Mountain Time, eight p.m. Eastern, on the New Skin BYU Sports Network. Uh, we'll uh, get you ready for BYU and UVU tip off at the Marriott Center with Greg Rubel and Mark Durant coming your way seven. Uh, Mountain Time, 9 p.m. Eastern. Be there. Thanks for listening. You can join the Cougar Tailgate virtually, of course, every Saturday at noon Mountain Time or download, rate, and review our podcast wherever you get podcasts, Apple, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spotify, or on BYURadio.org. It's a crosstown clash with UVU tonight on the hardwood. This is Cougar Tailgate. Cougar Tailgate.